Gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Gilles Galland, joined by Evan Abrams each and every week. And we're going to dive into all the Sunday NFL action for week three. Brandon Anderson is going to join us shortly for the hot read. And of course, we'll have Patrick Everson. He's waiting in the bullpen. He'll be in with us here at the end of the show uh, to give us an update on how sportsbooks did in Vegas and how they fared this NFL Sunday for week three. But Evan, let's talk about Monday Night Football before we talk about Sunday. And we got another double header. We've got Eagles and Buccaneers, and we've got Rams and Bengals. So let's talk about Eagles Buccaneers first. Eagles minus five or five and a five point favorites on the road, over under at 44 and a half. Got some pretty strong run defenses, both two and O teams. Uh, I think probably people are more surprised that the Bucs are two and O than the Eagles, but uh, the Bucs feel like they are punching above their weight. Uh, wins over the Vikings and the Bears, while the Eagles feel like I feel like they haven't met their standard yet. There's some injuries. They narrowly beat the Pats. Defensively, they weren't their best versus the Vikings, but they did rally in the second half offensively to to really take them down. What are you seeing in this matchup, and which way would you lean here with a bet? So initially, I think you have to look at it like this. The line was six and a half when it was, you know, last Monday. Like, you know, you wake up and you look at this line. So that was probably the best of the number as it's in at five, like you said now. I mean, in terms of my bet, I'm going to go with the first touchdown score. Uh, I'm going to take Kate Otten, 25 to one. So always going around 15 to one or higher. Um, eight receptions, nine targets, one on one in the red zone. So he's getting looked at. And like the interesting thing going forward, Bucks haven't turned over the ball. They're the only team in the NFL right now without a giveaway after uh, Dallas and a few other teams had uh, Dak had the interception, et cetera. So one interesting to look at. Uh, and a fun little trend for the game. So it's kind of Jalen Hurts' time, right? As a favorite, he's 23-5 and five straight up, uh, which is absolutely insane. 23-3 and three straight up when the Eagles are favored by three or more. And 21-1 and one straight up in his last 22 starts. So doesn't usually lose here. Uh, but I think that with, if I'm looking at an actual side or total, I probably lean a little under uh, 45, probably the way I would look. But sure. we'll go with the Kate Otten prop too. Yeah, I think I would take the Eagles minus five here. And yeah. honestly, I, I think just the Bucks' luck has run out here. Uh, like you just said, that stat that just shocked me that they do not have a turnover yet and Baker Mayfield is their quarterback. So <laughs> that automatically is just like, okay, something has got to give in this spot. 
But from a touchdown perspective, I'm glad you brought up the first touchdown spot because that's kind of why I was looking at Chris Godwin uh, because James Bradbury is back now. The Eagles are going to try to take away that outside option with Mike Evans and uh, force plays over the middle. Godwin and Otten too, but Godwin is probably the Bucks' best slot weapon. 13 targets, three red zone targets in two games. And the Eagles, they've already given up four passing touchdowns to the slot. So both Otten and Godwin, I think, are on alert for touchdowns in this spot. Now, from an Eagles perspective, same thing. That's where the Bucks are a little bit more weaker is over the middle. I think Dallas Goddard could have another uh, touchdown here. He's around plus 240. He got Five quick targets last week. One of the squeaky wheel treatment, as uh, as we like to call it, especially A.J. Brown, who is definitely <laughs> a squeaky wheel in this spot. Uh, but yeah, Dallas Goddard for a touchdown and Chris Godwin for a touchdown is who I like in this game. And you like Kate Auden for yep. a first touchdown. The other Monday Night Football game, Rams and Bengals. Tricky line here because <laughs> we're still up in the air entering Sunday Night Football on who's going to start this game. Is it going to be Joe Burrow or is it going to be Browning? And the Bengals line, it dropped as soon as we thought maybe Burrow might not be playing, but it has never gone all the way over to the Rams' side, which it will happen if Browning is announced as the starter. And the over-under at 43-and-a-half. What do we do here? Do we wait till Burrow is getting ruled in, ruled out here, or should we be looking automatically at a Rams' side, maybe the under? What do you think, Evan? Yeah, so down to one-and-a-half range right now, that line. I, I just don't know if I can play the line at all because – if Burrow plays, which honestly, if my opinion, and I might look stupid when he gets called in, I don't think he's going to play. I think the really? line's kind of okay. I, I think the line's kind of told the story the entire time, and I think the fact that it's dropped six points or so, I don't see much value in the Rams side. So I don't know if I'm playing a side or total in this one. I just it it seems like Cincinnati is extremely desperate. The Rams have to me outplayed their expectations. 100%. I didn't think they'd look like this. So I, I just think it's more of a, listen, don't need to gamble, especially on a spreader total in every single game. I think you can find value in other places. I, I honestly think this is one where you sit back and watch because Cincinnati's super desperate and Rams, you know, out, outgoing their expectations. It, it's a bit of a pass in that area for me. Just a little scared. I, I at least want to watch them play, especially if Burrow's going to play and he's going to go out there. You know he's not 100%. Uh, well, that's so, what I was going to say. Even if he does play, what kind of burrow are we even getting? Correct. Like, it's what is it what we saw in week one and week two? And, you know, the Bengals don't want to go 0 3. You talked about, uh, do you want to gamble on this? Are the Bengals going to gamble here and put Burrow out <laughs> there and potentially risk him to further injury, especially because the Rams, as you just mentioned, they look feisty. They gave the Niners like everything they could have. Uh, Kyron Williams, he looks like a star, four yeah. touchdowns so far through two games. So I think if Browning plays, I like the under. If Burrow plays, that means the line's going to shift back to Cincinnati. Then I like the Rams to cover in that spot just because I still do not like what we've seen from Burrow. From a touchdown perspective, I'm not going to try to overcomplicate it here. I think we just got to go Jamar Chase touchdown. Browning or, or, or Burrow, I, I mean, he's around plus 120. Uh, the Rams – Part of the reason why you almost want to look at this is because the Rams only have three sacks in two games. They did shut down Geno Smith in that offense, but they haven't really got a lot of pressure through two games. And uh, fun fact, in his career, Jamar Chase has not gone three games in a row without scoring a touchdown <laughs> since his freshman year at LSU. So wow. this is the third game. So I, I like him to be able to get in on this spot. 
All right, let's start looking at the Sunday games. Uh, favorites go eight and five straight up and against the spread entering Sunday night football. Home team, same record, eight and five straight up and against the spread. And the totals go back towards the under eight and five this week entering Sunday night football after a 13 and three run to the over in week two. And Evan, it pains me as a Cowboys fan that they have to be in the A block for this reason, but we've got to talk about the Cowboys and Cardinals because it was the biggest upset of the day. Cardinals went 28 to 16. Cowboys lose as 11 and a half point favorites and the total <laughs> just goes under. Just goes under is 28 to 16. Marquise Brown, that late touchdown did not seal the over in time. Dallas wasn't able to score more points. What do you take of this? Do you think this is just Cardinals playing feisty or is this the Cowboys being the Cowboys and letting us down when we have high expectations? Okay, so to answer your question and then I'll give you a fun little nugget. I, I think Arizona's outplayed expectations all season. It's the reason yes, they're 3-0 against the spread. It's the reason, you know, Dobbs hasn't been fantastic, but he's doing enough. And I think it's the defense that's really kind of outplayed expectations a bit, really staying in games. And I just think everyone looked at the roster, everyone looked at the situation, even, you know, the coaching expectations, and kind of said Arizona's just going to be awful, right? Especially when I remember the day Colt McCoy got cut. And everyone was like, oh, God, this is it. You know, everyone should bet no wins. Everyone should bet all this stuff. They just look a lot better. So it's interesting to even think about the, they're getting 14 points in San Francisco next week, which we can talk about in a second, which is a little fascinating. Um, but to kind of set up the day. So three teams at over a touchdown underdog won outright on Sunday. Yep. That is the first time that's happened since December of 2018, all in the same day. So just an absolute day of chaos. And I think we're right to start here because this was the shocker of all shocker. And I think it's the shocker of all shocker because nobody, and I mean, nobody wants to bet on the Cardinals. Okay. It's let's just, talk about yeah, that a little bit sure. more, Evan, because you've talked about this. Now the Cardinals are three and zero against the spread this year, but based on your tracking and what we have here at action network, they're one of the least bet teams through three weeks, yet they're winning at such a great rate. Tell me what is going on here. It's actually nuts. So 22% or less in all three games in terms of tickets when you look at Action Network data. Uh, and no team has closed with 25% or less in the first three games since the 2012 Dolphins. And the Cardinals would be the first in the last 20 years to do it while going 3-0 and ATS, which isn't crazy. But it's a story. Like from a gambling point of view, th this is wild. They closed with 18% of tickets today, double-digit home dogs, which – Double-digit home dogs now like 73 and 51 over the last uh, 20 years. So seems to be like a, a blind bet usually when you see those on the board. But Cardinals also under 20% of tickets in back-to-back -back games for us. That hasn't happened, you, that hasn't happened since 2014. So it's just and that's crazy because the, if you if you think about it too, just from a trend perspective, uh, Dak Prescott been a double-digit favorite nine times in his career. Cowboys were eight and one straight up and six and three against the spread in those games. Even if the Cardinals were going to keep it close, maybe they, you know, late touchdown, they cover. I don't think anybody was thinking of an outright win for the Cardinals. All right, let's talk about Broncos Dolphins. Dolphins win 70. That's right. They put up 70 points, not 70 combined points between two teams, 70 points. They win 70 to 20. They win by 50 over the Broncos today. Bron uh, Dolphins were five and a half point. Home favorites with the over-under at 47.5. They covered the total 
single-handedly by halftime in, in <laughs> certain spots. And Russell Wilson now one and nine straight up in his last 10 road starts. Cool. Yeah, I guess the situation here, which is a little bit intriguing, is what do you take away from this game? Right? Like, okay, they scored 70 points. Okay, they won by 50. But how do you gamble on these teams like next week? Right? Like, or, or the week after? Or it's just, I think it's really tough to get a read on Miami. I think that's my takeaway from this. You know, when we, when we didn't have Waddle in the lineup, I think a lot of us thought, ooh, six points, six and a half points, good value with Denver. It hasn't been Russ. You know, Russ has looked much better than previous years, but it just didn't matter. I mean, as soon as you saw Tua, hit Tyreek on, I believe it was like the first pass of the game for like a, a long 50, 60 yard touchdown. It was like, oh, they can't do anything. Like, oh, they can't, they can't guard them at all. Um, so I guess well, that especially was because my, but... Miami's backups outscored Denver <laughs> today, 21 to 20, man. Like, and here's the deal. Like Russell Wilson, we've crapped on him in this podcast. I know I did pretty much every week last year. And sometimes in the opening couple of weeks, but you can blame <laughs> Russell Wilson all you want. He doesn't play on defense. This is Sean Payton's team. Sean Payton's team is the one who gave up 70 points. I'll say this, though. So right now, two is the favorite to win MVP. As he should be. Daniel's the favorite to win Coach of the Year. And Tyreek's the favorite to win Offensive Player of the Year. So I don't exactly think that the Dolphins are going to go undefeated and this is never going to change. Like, I think we're going to get the NFL roller coaster. And speaking of NFL roller coasters, Miami at Buffalo next week. Beauty Uh, game. They would be Miami right now underdogs. And if I look at the board right now, yeah, two and a half point underdogs. They would be the 12th team to start 3-0 straight up and 3-0 against the spread and be a dog in week four in the last 20 years. So maybe happens once every two years or so. Those teams, though, 2-9 and nine straight up, 3-8 and eight against the spread. So we'll see what happens. The Dolphins are going to move closer than two and a half by the time we get to kickoff. I, I have a feeling that they're going to be very public dog uh, this week, especially after putting up 70 points. I'll, I'll have that in my uh, memory for a long time as far as that goes. And Evan, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your sections to make sure you had the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, now time for the hot read from our own Brandon Anderson. Brandon, what have you got? Hot wrap. Blue 17. Ice rights. Ice cream. Jose. Blue the Raiders. 19 selling. 19. Louisville Soul Train. Thanks, guys. Just a quick recap. Last week, we took 49ers Thursday night, minus 10. We only got a half point on the closing line the way that one came out, but coasted to a nice, easy 18-point win and cover. Falcons plus five. We did get some good CLV on that one. Closed around three. 
but of course did not come through for us. So we are 4-0 on getting CLV. Get that closing line of value. That's what we're doing on the hot read here. 3-1 and one on the picks thanks to that Falcons game. If you did not already get the look ahead, Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 3.5 at the Saints next week. Go ahead and grab that. That would have been in my options for today for the hot read, but I already did on the look ahead. It's plus 3 now, so we're already at the key number, but I like that even better, presuming Jameis Winston probably plays next week for Derek Carr. So today... We're going to actually go with a couple of totals for the hot read. So week four, let's start Sunday night. Give me the Chiefs and the Jets under 43 and a half. Chiefs obviously rolled up on the Bears on Sunday. Big number, 41 points. But, you know, you're playing a JV team. Like, come on. We aren't going to really read too much into that. They only put 20 on the Lions. They put 17 on the Jaguars. Aren't really either of those that great of a defense. But... Kansas City's defense is quietly playing really well. They're only allowing 13.3 points per game so far. And we already know the Jets are a great defense, especially the pass defense. Sauce Gardner, we know that he's going to have a big game. That pass defense always shows up for New York, so I think they're going to match up well with the Chiefs. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes on one side, but Zach Wilson on the other side. Even if the Jets do end up going to get a quarterback, you got to assume it's still Zach the week of the game here. So what do they look like? 22 points in one game, 10 and 10 in the other two games. So only 14 points a game for the Jets. And remember, of those touchdowns, with the miracle overtime punt return, that was the 22. We had two amazing Garrett Wilson plays. That's about it. So if you look back on the season, Jets games have been at 41 or below. Remember, we're 43 and a half here. 16 out of 20 times since the start of last season. So 80% hit rate, including 14 of the last 15 Jets games have gone 41 or below. I think that's maybe where this number gets to. Why are we doing a hot read now? Well, this was 45 Sunday morning. If you follow me on the app, you got that as a bonus look ahead. 43 and a half, I still like it. 43 is a key number for totals. 41 and 40 are key numbers for totals. So they're not quite you know, as pronounced as the three and the seven, like we know with spreads. But we want to get that before it falls out of these total ranges. We're already seeing some 43, some 42 and a half at some books. So grab the best number you can, get the under. It's a Sunday night game. Primetime unders are six and two this year as of Sunday night football and 60% to the under the last four years. Home underdog under 61% the last two years. So give me the Chiefs Jets under 43 and a half. And another under. Give me the Patriots Cowboys under 42 and a half. So my number one power rankings team from the first three weeks, the Dallas Cowboys lost to the Arizona Cardinals, the team we thought might go 17. So obviously that's not happening anymore. But I don't think the sky is falling for Dallas. They had 400 yards of offense. They just went one of five in the red zone. It wasn't great. It's not great. We need to solve some of those red zone issues. But they had 100 yards of penalties on 13 penalties. Defense got lit up by Josh Dobbs, seven and a half yards of play. That's not great. I'm not that worried that long-term about the Cowboys. And I think that sets up for the defense to come out next week against the Patriots and show a little pride, right? You can't give up seven and a half yards of play to Josh Dobbs. Get out of here. So Cowboys, Patriots, these are both top five defenses. Patriots have slowed down the Eagles. They slowed down the Dolphins. Only 24 to the Dolphins. That looks pretty good when you give up 70 the following week with Miami. So. Under 20 points a game for New England's defense. Dallas, 
is allowing 12.7 points a game, even after giving up 28 to the Cardinals. So New England has not even hit 21 in any game this season. That offense just doesn't have much explosion to it. And then the key thing here and why the hot read, these offensive lines are a bit messy right now. Dallas Sunday was missing Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Biotish, three guys on the line. We don't know if any of them are going to be ready to go next week. Patriots line's been a mess. Their top two right tackles are out. Their guards are playing hurt. And then you look and we got Micah Parsons. We got Matt Judon. We got all these great defensive fronts. And you know in this game, like we've seen for two decades, what does Bill Belichick do against the high-powered offense? You slow it down. You run the clock. You keep the ball. I think we get 20 to 17, 17, 16, that sort of thing. Both teams are under this two of their three games so far. And this line, again, already starting to drop here. So grab the under 42 and a half. Not worry about Trayvon Diggs here. That's not really an injury that's going to matter. The Patriots don't have a receiver that he needs to guard anyway. So get it before we get to that 41, that 40, the key numbers. Cowboys, Patriots under 42 and a half. So week four hot reads are Chiefs, Jets under 43 and a half. And Cowboys, Patriots, under 42 and a half. Back to you guys. Thank you, Brandon. Evan, let's look at Chargers, Vikings. Chargers win 28 to 24. Chargers as two and a half point favorites with the over under at 52 and a half. It falls just slightly under. And the Vikings are now 0 3 in one score games with the luck gods smiting them after going 11 and 0 in 2022. It's the fumble luck. Uh, I, I believe they fumbled like eight times or so this year already, which is absolutely insane. Uh, and then when you try to look forward and you say to yourselves, okay, well, maybe there's a spot to bet on Minnesota next week. You look at the board and you say, oh, great, they're at Carolina. And if you watched Carolina play today, uh, I mean, maybe it's Andy Dalton. Maybe we get Bryce Young back again, but I don't even know how to play that. Uh, I guess from this game specifically, Keenan Allen had 18 receptions. That's a Chargers record. I don't know how you ignore that. And a passing touchdown today. (laughs) I think at one point he had more passing yards than Zach Wilson. I saw that going around. So uh, that was a fun one. I think one of the most, I just, I'm a stat guy. I I love all the little nuggets and all the little trinkets that have to do with some of these games. So so hearing that the Vikings are 0-3 and Kirk Cousins leads the league in passing and Justin Jefferson leads the league in receiving, there's the only thing I need to say other than that is it's been on the defense. I believe they blitzed uh, Justin Herbert on like 80% of snaps today. So that was just going all out, but it just hasn't worked. Yeah. This second half was wild, man. They were trading <laughs> touchdowns, but we got to talk about the end of this game because Brandon Staley gift wraps them. The game goes forward on fourth and one on his own 2025. They don't convert. Just says, go ahead, Vikings. You can take it. Go ahead. And then Kirk Cousins, nah, I'm good. You can have it. And throws the ball to Hawkins and tips it up. Oh, the just dumbass interception in the end zone to end the game. Like, these two teams are the Spider-Man meme. Like, they're pointing back at each other. Like, just they're the same team. These games are so entertaining. But if you bet on either side, you get what you deserve. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it at this stage. I think the funniest thing is, before the game kicked off all week, both teams are saying to each other, oh, you can be the favorite. No, 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 you can be the favorite. No, no, no. It, <laughs> yeah. it, literally, anyone could have won this game. It was a crazy bet. Well, had they converted that touchdown, Vikings would have won. Total would have went over. Instead, underbetters yeah, yeah. are laughing their ass off, and Chargers betters are wondering, how the hell did we cover that? Uh, Saints-Packers. Packers win 18-17. to 17. Total goes under 42.5. The Saints 
ended up being the favorite by the time we got to kickoff because of all these injuries that got reported with Aaron Jones, Dave Bakhtiari, Christian Watson, and huge comeback. They were trailing 17 to nothing entering the fourth quarter. They come all the way back, and now Matt LaFleur coach teams moved to 16-5 and against the spread as a dog and 4-0 against the spread with Jordan Love. I think the thing you take away from this game, so it's probably two things. Derek Carr, I believe we're being told it's an AC sprain. So probably not back next week against the Bucks, but potentially at New England in a week or two. So we'll probably see Jameis Winston. Uh, and then from the other side, Jordan Love, man. 18 nothing fourth quarter uh, over the Saints. Uh, first home game. He looks very composed is the word I'm going to use. Only thing I would say, though, just from a Saints perspective, is I feel like they put themselves in the position to win the game. And then the they kicker did. groupie misses the game-winning field goal. Packers may have covered anyway, but the point was is that Jameis Winston, I thought was going to be a complete disaster when he came in for Derek Carr and wasn't too bad. Colts-Ravens. Colts win 22-19 to in overtime. The under hits at 44 and a half. And the Ravens were 7.5-point home favorites. Minshew Mania. But he finally beat a good team. I think that was the one thing that really shocked me. Yeah. If you think about Gardner Minshew's time in the NFL, he had fa- he has faced six teams above 500 in his career. He was 0-6 straight up and 1-5 against the spread. Pulls out a nice win there. And Lamar Jackson, this was actually the more surprising trend uh, when I found out and I was researching it. Lamar Jackson now, since 2021, is 2-12 against the spread as a favorite of three points or more. That is shocking to me. I mean, it goes with this one, right? 23 and 9 straight up, 11 and 21 against the spread as a home favorite. So he tends to not cover in these spots. But I think the thing that you mentioned, which is probably the thing to mention in this game, is Minshew played well. And the Colts might just be a little bit better than we thought. Minshew now 2 and 10 straight up in his last 12 starts. And he had lost eight straight starts as an underdog. That's all snap. Baltimore was decimated by injuries. And this line at maybe seven and a half, eight, even, you know, eight and a half uh, earlier in the week was just too high. And the fact that they got into a field goal fight versus the best kicker in the NFL and they won, they, they lived to tell like Tucker with a 60 yarder who could have won the game. We've seen him do this just comes up short. So that's the difference really in this game. The fact that Justin Tucker uh, could not nail a 60 yarder to push the Ravens past the lowly Indianapolis Colts. All right, Panthers, Seahawks, Seahawks win 37 to 27. It might have seemed like a shootout, but the Seahawks just were out going like crazy offensively. Seahawks, four and a half point favorites. They cover very easily over hits also easily at 43 and a half. As I was saying, Kenneth Walker just ran all over them, but I will say I do feel like Carolina got hosed a little bit. It was a bit of a flag festival in this game. There were 21 combined penalties, wow. uh, 165 yards and Carolina got 13 of them. I, I just found that to be wild. The line movement for me was fascinating. This this line the entire week, we saw Dalton come in, then we saw the line move down to five. Everyone was kind of valuing Dalton a little bit better than Bryce Young, it seemed. So it was interesting. I know, uh, you know, the guys on the Chad and Simon on the favorites, so a bunch of people liked Carolina. They felt sure. at the yeah. five points, you know. And, and honestly, there was points in this game where they were covering. They probably could have found themselves inside the number. Um, but I guess my takeaway is if it is Andy Dalton going forward, you know, you've got the Vikings, you're at Detroit. He seems like he's going to keep you in these games. 
Uh, I think it's Carolina's defense that's really looked bad. So maybe maybe I'll look at like a Minnesota team total over, um, you know, a desperate team, 0-3 facing Carolina next week. That might be something to look at. If it's not Bryce Young now, when is it like going to be? He's not going to get taller, you know, and <laughs> if it's Dalton going forward, like I, I'm just not sure if Bryce Young would have been any better in this spot. But if Bryce Young isn't the was. answer, I don't think he would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is trouble. This is bad news for Carolina, who took him number one overall. Uh, Bears Chiefs. Chiefs just decimate the Bears 41 to 10. They do go over the total of 48 and a half. And the Chiefs cover. They cover as a big favorite, as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. But the, the story of this game is Taylor Swift was in the house. And <laughs> Travis Kelsey, he scored a touchdown. I don't, don't think there was anything more obvious than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs trying to make Travis Kelsey look good in front of Taylor Swift, who was hanging out in the Kelsey suite. Um, now Bears, though, this is the stat. Uh, Chad Millman brought it up last week. we got to talk, keep talking about it. When opponents score 20 or more points on the Bears – they are now 0-19 straight up in Justin Fields' starts. All five wins that he has in his career, the opponent scored less than 20 points. Texans-Jaguars, Texans win 37-17. to We do see a slight under the Jaguars were 7.5-point favorites. The Texans win outright. I don't really have much to add to this game. I'll just say, Trevor Lawrence, Texans got your number, man. You're 1-4 yeah. straight up and against the spread versus the Texans in your career. You were favored in all of them. I think I'm out on the Jags. This is not what I signed up for when I was talking about them going for potential number one seed and, and Lawrence's MVP. Trevor Lawrence, now three and six straight up as a favorite in his career. CJ Stroud, man, that, that guy does not look like a rookie. It is most pass attempts, I believe, in NFL history by a rookie without an interception. So he's doing things and controlling the ball and controlling the tempo. And Houston looks, you know, decent and, and his relationship with Tank Dell out there and they're looking good and now you get they uh they're at home against the Steelers next week that line they're getting three and a half points so they're competent one more Jags offense that's the other one that's absolutely insane between Kansas City's defense last week which we knew we know we now know this might be one of the best Kansas City defenses under Mahomes they just look fantastic but that week mixed with this week and now Jags go back to back in London I don't know how they're going to get that fixed so that's definitely one thing to look at yeah, Falcons, Lions, Lions win 20 to 6. Total goes way under at 47 and a half. Lions win as two and a half point favorites. Jared Goff, 18 and 8 against the spread now at home since 2020. That's the second most profitable quarterback in the NFL behind Jalen Hurts. Bills Commanders, Bills win 37 to 3. What a chicken shit field goal by the Commanders <laughs> there at the end of that game. You should have went for a touchdown. The under hits at 44 and a half, but the Bills, they do cover a six and a half point favorites. And that's important to note because Josh Allen has 58 wins in his career. 75% of those, so 44 of them, have been by seven points or more. So that is a very key stat. If you think the Bills are going to win, and they usually do, and when they do, they roll. So, And especially the fact that they were able to cause so much pressure that they got Sam Howell to throw four interceptions. Not two, not four interceptions in a game. I I couldn't believe it that they would still keep him out there and not at least try to go to a backup. But yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, Titans, Browns. Browns win 27 to three. Total goes under 38 and a half. And the Browns easily cover the three and a half. Deshaun Watson, 11 and one straight up and seven and three and two against the spread on short rest on his career. They played Monday night football. So keep that in mind if you're seeing the Browns in primetime. 
and, and this is the Deshaun Watson we've been waiting to see, Evan. 289 passing yards, two touchdowns, say. some rushing yards for first downs. Like, see, like we can say some nice things about <laughs> him, but he's got to play better. But at the same time, Browns defense, they wiped the floor with the Titans. 94 total yards on offense, no first downs running the ball when you have a Derrick Henry running back led offense. Ty J. Sharp, uh, or Spears rather, uh, outsnapped Derrick Henry today. One of the weirdest things I've seen. The Titans definitely are broken. All right, last game, Patriots-Jets. Patriots win 15-10. to 10. Total goes under. Patriots do win the two and a half. If you had the three and they got that lace safety, you got covered by that as well. Uh, total goes under the 35 and a half. And Mac Jones, he owns Zach Wilson and the Jets, man. 5-0 and against the spread versus the Jets and Zach Wilson. 10-19-1 and against the spread versus all other teams in his career. And the Jets now lose... Another game, 15 straight losses to New England. The Jets haven't beat the Patriots since 2015, Evan. So I'll leave you with this. This is the last question. Was that Zach Wilson's last start as a Jet? No, he'll he'll keep starting. My my, my honest opinion, so Jets home against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. They go at Denver. They're at home against Philly. Then they have the bye. I I think at minimum, he's going to start that KC game. And I understand. Listen, you're throwing him to the Wolves because primetime game, Casey's defense looks great. Things seem to be humming well in Kansas City after the Detroit loss. You know, their offense seems to be keeping up. And, you know, I, I just think he's not – this isn't it. Because – not because I don't think he – listen, he's awful. They have three offensive touchdowns this year. Uh, they have 675 yards in three games. Miami has 726 today. So it just – things are very, very wrong. And, and not only that. Andy Dalton looked good. Gardner Minshew. Mike White oh, looked good. Mike yeah, White looked like good in Miami today. <laughs> all these quarterbacks look fine out there. Like, they're doing their jobs. They're doing okay. So I think they should figure something out, but I think it's too short to pull on this type of week on Sunday Night Football with Kansas City. I'm going to assume he starts this game, but, man, they got to get someone else in there. Well, if he does start, it's by default because there's <laughs> no way that anybody has him as the I hope preference I'm wrong. I hope I'm for wrong. a starting quarterback. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. There are three main things we love about Factor. One, no chopping, prepping, or cleaning up. Two, you get great flavor and the nutritional quality you need to tackle challenging topics. Like, what is Sean Payton going to do with Russ and the Broncos, or are they going to stop anybody? Number three, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So run your two-minute drill with Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Select your meals and enjoy fresh meals delivered to your door. Just head to factormeals.com slash actionnetworkpod50 and use code actionnetworkpod50, that's 50 to get 50% off. That's code Action Network Pod 50 or 50 at factormeals.com slash Action Network Pod 50 to get 50% off. Now let's check in with Patrick Everson with Vegas Insider to talk about the latest happenings from the sports betting capital of the world in Las Vegas. Patrick, few underdogs, big underdogs won today. What's the vibe in Vegas sports books, the odds makers that you're talking to? How do the books do overall in week three on Sunday? I'd say to this point, really well. Uh, a couple of decisions that fortunately fell the better's way. 
But boy, those upsets you talked about, the, especially the Cardinals beating the Cowboys, but the Texans beating the Jags. What do we make of the Jags now? Uh, I mean, this was a team that made it to the divisional round last year in the playoffs. Um, and now they've got to make their annual sojourn to London. Um, and then, of course, the Colts beating the Ravens. I mean, yep. those were three outcomes that, you know, what a lot of people like to do, a lot of the public recreational bettors, the betting curious and so forth, they like to stack together those money line parlays with favorites and some of these larger favorites they almost see as like a free space on a bingo card. Well, I didn't work out so well today. <laughs> I mean, if, 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 if you didn't have your money line parlay or teaser wiped out by the Jags losing or the Ravens losing, then you almost assuredly had it wiped out when the Cowboys unexpectedly lost to the Cardinals with the Cowboys a double-digit favor. So let's talk about this, the Cardinals game specifically, because we've been mm-hmm. talking about this, uh, Evan and I, we talked about this uh, earlier in, in the show, talking about how nobody's really wanting to bet on the Cardinals. Yet here we are, they're 3-0 and against the spread. They've played tough every game. They've looked the part of a 3-0 and against the spread team. Is it the same thing in Vegas with the sports books and the odds makers that you're talking to? Are they getting action on the Cardinals? They're not seeing much at all on the Cardinals. In fact, one odds maker told me this afternoon pregame that they really needed one of either the Cardinals or the Bears to get an upset in the afternoon. They would have they they would have taken both teams covering the number at least, but what they really wanted was an upset. And he, you know, while he's saying it, he's like, look, no surprise, we'd love it, but we we don't expect to get it. And then they get it. So Obviously, the Cowboys were heavily bet. They were heavily bet on straight bets, but also, again, as I alluded to, they were in all the money line parlays and teasers and so forth. And I had uh, Scott Shelton with BetMGM Nevada. He told me late Saturday night when I had a discussion with him, just kind of mapping out how Sunday's games looked early on. And he said the biggest ticket count discrepancy on spread bets, just straight spread bets, was the Cowboys-Cardinals game. Cowboys taking five times more tickets than Arizona. And he said there's virtually almost nothing on Arizona. And that was late Saturday night. I'm sure it changed a little bit during the day Sunday, but probably not very much. Maybe now that Arizona's 3-0 and against the spread, maybe people will start to taking a look their way. Perhaps they should. Um, makes me wonder what they'll do when, uh, you know, when and if uh, they get the Kyler Murray back under center. For real. And the thing is, you're saying sportsbooks did well overall. Was there a game that the public was on that they took it from the sportsbook? <laughs> I would think it would have to be Broncos-Dolphins, but you clarify for this for me. Yeah, you had to bring that up. It was absolutely Dolphins-Broncos. I'm my not Denver trying to Broncos. stick you for being oh, a Broncos no, 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 no. I'm so, Hey, my Cowboys lost today, too, so I know no, what you're all, going through. It's all good. I just had myself a weekend as a, as a Colorado Buffs alum. And a Denver Broncos diehard. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, the t- what was the combined score? So seventy and forty-two. So that's one hundred and twelve to twenty-six. Those Yikes. two teams. Yikes! Not a good, not a good weekend for my teams. But yes, the public was really on the Dolphins. And look, the Broncos were really a sharp play this week. That's why that number went down. It was seven. It got down to six. I think I might have heard there was a five and a half for maybe a little bit pre-kick. Not positive on that, but still, it was down a point and off the key number of seven. The sharp betters definitely thought the Broncos might have something to prove today, try to show that they've got something to them. And, and, and Sean Payton certainly wants to see better out of this team. Boy, he did not see that today. But the public was definitely on the Dolphins heavy. So that was a good outcome for the betters. Another good outcome, and I think this depended on the book you were at because that Chargers-Vikings game was so evenly matched. And then and it, it played out that way. Yeah, yeah. the line flipped a couple of times, and then it played out that way on the field. It was a real back-and-forth game, and either team could have won late and just, you know, uh, mistakes and stoppages on fourth down and all that. 
But there was one odds maker that told me that that the Chargers hanging on there at the end, holding off the Vikings, getting the interception in the end zone to end it, uh, was a pretty good outcome for betters and one of their bigger losses of the day behind the counter. Which is crazy because the Chargers sure. did everything they could to try to give that game away. Can I throw you one more funny quote real quick? Let's let's hear it. One odds maker told me that one that said that the Chargers were good for the betters. Var- Chargers Vikings is like who can out lose the other team. It turns out it's the Vikings. <laughs> Do you know what I called it? I called it, it's the Spider-Man meme. They're just pointing at each other. They're the same team. <laughs> Love it. Exactly. Very well put. Same kind of same kind of sentiment there. Let's get you out of here on this one, Patrick. Is there any game next week already looking for week four that you're hearing a lot of early action on at the specific side or total? What are we looking at for week four? Is there any movement already that we should be paying attention to? There's a line that I know moved that I was just writing about a moment ago. Ravens-Browns. This opened Pickham initially and then went to Ravens 1 very briefly, then quickly returned to Pickham en route to hopping the fence to Browns minus 1, then Browns minus 2. So that has been a mover early on, that that uh, Ravens-Browns game, which is going to be a pretty key game for both of them. And and, and uh, it's, it's definitely had some interesting movement early on. And generally speaking, when you see that kind of movement early on, it's sharp play that's uh, that's pushing that number around. Well, especially because it might be leading to the idea that the Ravens might not be uh, fully healthy defensively again Mm -hmm. uh, going into next week. All right, Patrick, that'll do it for you, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. All right, that'll do it. That'll be Patrick. That's Evan. That's Brandon. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Enjoy the doubleheader for Monday Night Football and keep an eye out for all of our Week 4 NFL podcasts right here on the Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.